Hey kings and queens, welcome back to another episode of Tortured Souls. I am not doing well. I am trying to fight off um, urges to self-harm. So, um, I thought I would record a podcast and, like, color. So I'm going to color while I do this podcast and distract myself. Um, Basically, yesterday uh, morning, I had a really vulnerable conversation with my mom, and eventually it was just, like, shut down and then, like, got really triggered. Just, like, the the conversation, like, slash, like, argument I had with my mom, like, just, it really, like, triggered, like, a flashback, and it was, like, like, all the forms of abuse I've ever had, just, like, flashed before my eyes like a little movie trailer I like broke down and I had like a panic attack and it was bad and it left me like super exhausted and drained I had to like blast music my like stay strong playlist and I was just like journaling and like coloring after that I just had to like full-blown like dive myself into like astrology and that somehow like you know got me out of it but it's just been like super draining like um i was supposed to have a photo shoot this morning that i had scheduled like two weeks ago and i texted her last night like at 10 p.m and i was like hey like i need to reschedule like and she was like i hope everything's okay and i was like you know like to be completely honest i had a panic attack this morning my body is super stressed out and drained and the thought of waking up to an alarm sounds terrifying to me. I just feel like the alarm would have set me into like fight or flight mode like even though I kind of still am. I just told her that and she was like no worries. And then like at night like I there was a point like before trauma therapy that I would get really bad nightmares and like some of them would like turn into flashbacks like middle of the night and now I'm on like nightmare medication for that so that I, that doesn't happen but last night like I still get nighttime anxiety which is just like a couple hours like before bed like I get anxious to go to sleep even if I'm like super tired because when I close my eyes like bad things I see bad things <laughs> So I always just get scared to close my eyes. I'm like, it's been good for a while. Like I take anxiety meds at night too for that. Yesterday it came back. And so at night I was like binge watching like the show on Netflix. And I don't really watch a lot of TV like at all. But like I was watching it because I was like trying not to have to go to sleep. And then I got tired and like I was just like terrified. I don't know, like just scared like that's just what happens when I like close my eyes it's like I just see bad things so it's just easier to be like completely knocked out before also this is a cold sore I think because I've been stressed out which is like disgusting but you know what like people get fucking cold sores I've had them my whole life and it happens when I'm stressed so that's how I know I'm stressed like I'm breaking out like crazy too I'm just not <laughs> doing well right now um but the point is like I was binge watching that and then like I got a text from my mom like 
did you want to talk about, like, why you were upset earlier? And I'm like, wasn't it clearly, like, obvious why I was upset? Like, why are you asking me that? So I just ignored it. And then this morning, like, I responded and I told her about it. Just, it just turned into this whole thing. Like, my parents just don't really support, like, my chosen path of not going to school. They, to them, it's lesser value not as worth not as whatever like the traditional path and like that's upsetting to you know want to follow your dreams and like your parents not really support you like they act like they do and they don't because it's like if you were to pick point like certain behaviors that they do that don't align with saying you support someone like, I just don't want to go into it all because it's just my fucking family shit, but, like, it's just so, their thinking is so backwards, it's unreal. Like, I definitely am the outcast of this fucking family and, like, always have been, and I think it's because, like, I definitely am here to, like, heal this ancestral trauma because fucking whack shit out here. Like, people fucking, if you're not ready to be a parent, please don't be a parent. And also take a child development class before you become a parent. You would think that's so obvious, and it's not apparently. Don't cause further trauma for your children, you know? Just basically getting confirmation that that is what it is and hearing it come out of my own mother's mouth is upsetting. Especially after what happened yesterday and like already being in like fight or flight mode, like my body is exhausted and like... I just, it's like I already knew it too, so it's not like it's some shock, it's just, I didn't really need to hear it, you know, like, it just sucks. I'm like, I don't really know why, like, I want to self-harm, I think it's just because, like, I need a release. I don't know, it's like, if, I think it's a weird thing to some people, but like, self-harm is definitely like an addiction, and like, it is my addiction. <laughs> self-harm is my addiction and like it actually releases the same amount of chemicals as doing like cocaine or something like that it's mine and so i want to do it and i can't and so instead i'm coloring and it's not even coloring like there's words on here that i really don't want to show but like let's see you see i'm just like outlining arches of random shapes and just like keep going because it's like helping me do something with my hands other than other things i texted my therapist um my therapist is um a dbt therapist so that means that i can call her 24 7 so i texted her desk and her to call me so Maybe on that, but I'm just, I'm exhausted, I'm exhausted, and like no amount of sleep is helping. And like, I don't know, like the last like week and a half-ish, like, we were like as a family like helping out this like so-called friend have a place to stay, and turned out they were not really a friend. So during that time, like, I gave up my space with this person and, like, lost my routine as well. Because I'm like, well, suck it up. Like, you know, you'd rather have your friend, like, have somewhere to sleep than, like, 
you fucking be able to go to the gym and not speak to anyone. Like, you could shut up for two seconds and let make that work. So I did, and then it turns out that friend wasn't even a friend. So, like, that's just upsetting. I got distracted. So self-harm is my addiction. I am trying to cope in a healthier way. And that's, like, that's how self-harm, like, is so bad for me. Because I, I don't do it, like, necessarily out of anger. I... I do it because it feels good and I enjoy it. And it sounds weird, it really does. But it's like gambling, it's like shopping, you know, like someone liking, you know, meth, cocaine, whatever. I don't know, I feel like it's not talked about as much, like how it can be an addiction. It's, it's like, you know, like once I do it, like I, not like necessarily so I can like, can't stop in that like moment. Um, it's that, I mean, sometimes, yeah, but, like, it's also just, like, you know, like, once you, you know, like, relapse, like, if, if meth was your drug of choice, and you relapse, like, of course you're gonna want to do it again, like, after the, the first time that you, like, relapse, and I don't know why, but, like, also, it's, like, this weird thing that, like, I mean, I guess it's because, like, you know, you you're chasing that high and so you want to keep like doing it over and over but I just like it gets so intense and bad it gets deep um I've had to have so many like stitches um for self-harm because it just gets so bad because I just like can't stop or it's just like It's hard to explain. The song Sober by Demi Lovato. When it first came out, it just like literally resonated so much with me. Like if you think about it instead of like her drugs and you think about it when it comes from like a self-harm point of view, like it literally matches and like the end of like, I'm sorry to myself. Like that part always gets me so hard. Like, I don't know why literally it like burns my soul that part. It's like, I know, like, I, I shouldn't be self-harming. Like, I know the path that it takes me down. Like, it takes me down a dangerous, dangerous path. But it's like, I still do it to myself. And, like, I know that it's going to create ugly scars. Like, I know that, like, I'm not going to like them. I know, like, I know all these things. And yet, I would still do it. <laughs> and still want to do it. I haven't self-harm since September. That was the last time I did because of my ex. <laughs> well, it's just hard. It's because like I know like if I were to do it, I would instantly feel better. Like I that's literally how I can just like end my pain right now. Like me sitting here fucking shading in these fucking random shapes, like this is not helping me feel better. <laughs> this is distracting me from doing something I know will instantly help me feel better but then it's like long term it's not going to because it's not going to stop it's never just one cut when I was a teenager I would tell the nurses like no like I'm still going to be doing this when I'm older like I'm going to be 20 or whatever age I said like and I'm still going to be doing this shit and they were like no it's going to get better no it's going to get better and I'm like yeah, it's gonna get better, but I still fucking love this shit. Like, it sounds so sadistic.
it really does but i don't know why self-harm sounds sadistic but like shooting heroin in your veins isn't sadistic i mean honestly neither of them are because it's literally just an addiction but like to society like i don't understand it's just like very stigmatized and i remember like when i was younger like i would be so ashamed of my scars like i would only wear like long sleeves in the summer it'd be blazing hot i'd be wearing long sleeves and now now it's just like i just give warnings to people because they are not cute and i'm not saying that in a way that's like degrading myself it's just like it is what it is they're not pleasant to look at but i'm not ashamed of them anymore and I also just feel like other girls shouldn't be either because it be what it be. When I was in treatment, there was another girl who was clearly addicted as well to self-harm. And she had scars all over her arms. Mine are pretty like stuck to like one area, but hers were like all over. People are just like, oh, well, cover up your scars, cover up your scars. And I'm like, why? Why do I need to cover up my scars? Because you're uncomfortable. Like, I'm not going to do that. Like, you know, like, active self-harm wounds, like, definitely need to be, like, covered up because that could be triggering. Like, honestly, sometimes I see self-harm wounds and that's triggering to me. My ex, like, self-harmed one day. Like, this was one of the manipulation things I should have realized. But, like, they self-harmed really, really bad one day. And, you know, for the next few weeks, I had to stare at that. And it was hard. It was hard because it's like, I like get jealous. Like in a way, like I see them and I'm like, damn, good for you. Like you're lucky, you know? And it's like, that's not right. <laughs> it's not healthy, obviously. So there's just something in my brain. Like I remember when I'd be in treatment and it's like, obviously these people are like trying not to help me not hurt myself. But I think a lot of them just thought that it was something that I, like, could control in a way. And it's, and I think anyone who has an addiction, like, knows that it's, like, not really, does not feel like it's in your control at all. And in some ways, it's not. I think they just feel like, well, stop hurting yourself. Stop hurting yourself. Like, just stop doing it. And I'm like, I can't. I remember one time I was in treatment and, like, I did it and my arms would itch, like, it's so hard to explain like my arms would literally just like start itching like craving that like sensation that feeling there was a point too in high school where it's like i was doing it i was doing it like four times a day like i literally would have to do it that much because it like felt like a need like i was like i need this i need this bad like i needed those endorphins in a way and i was like like craving them and like I don't know, some people do self-harm, I think, like, out of anger. Like, that's what it was for my ex. Like, they'd get pissed and just start, like, going at it. For me, it's not like that. Like, I remember I could tell my therapist, and, like, again, this sounds so weird. It's almost in a way of, like, me, like, going outside and smoking a joint. Like, it's the same thing. Theoretically, I could sit down and do that. And it would be my sense of, like, like not self-care, but, like... Like, my relaxation, I guess. Like, that would be relaxing to me. The only thing is, like, it, get, it would get out of hand. And, like, that's where it becomes an issue. It's like, I mean, it's an issue either way. Like, but it starts to get really out of hand. 
that's just how I get myself into like slippery situations where next thing you know, like I've hit a vein or I've hit an artery. And that's not ideal, obviously. My dad's like, why do you smoke so much weed? And I'm like, it's better than cutting, isn't it? Honestly, you know what? Sometimes you have to pick the lesser of two evils. You can't be perfect, okay? You can't. And I'm just realizing that I have so much shit to work on. Like, so much trauma. Um, and it feels overwhelming. And that's another reason why I feel like I want to self-harm. Because I feel overwhelmed. Some things that happened to me at one of my treatment centers in Utah. It was a bad, bad, bad place. And I was there for too long. That's a whole nother story that I, like, don't talk about. <laughs> and it's been coming out more and more recently. And so it's something that I know, like, I'm going to have to face eventually. Um, but I, I don't want to. It's just, like, a scary time frame to put myself into thinking about that and then just realizing that there's like a lot of other childhood stuff that I have to work on it feels like a lot and so having it yesterday like in that moment of it all like flashing before my eyes like a movie trailer it was just like one every fucking painful thing that ever happened but then on top of that every fucking painful thing that I have to like relive and open a wound to like heal and that's scary. You know, Utah was just a really scary place. Paris Hilton went there. Um, hers was, I think, 1998 or something like that. I don't know. But she went there and, like, she spoke about it in her documentary for a brief period. And Good Morning America covered it, too. Um, with they featured another girl who was there after 2000 which is when the new owners switched which were the owners that were there when i was there in 2017 and like we've all had the same experience and actually my hairstylist ex who's fucking insane i just had to put that out there for her he actually went to the boys campus one when he was a teenager um and he i guess somehow like ran away and escaped from it which like and he succeeded, which was so unheard of. <laughs> like that place, the boys campus is I think might be a little bit easier to escape from because it's more in like a community, but like the girls campus, we were literally in a field in Utah. So if you started running, like there's nowhere to hide. You can't just like hide in a bush, you know what I mean? Like, and also there's a wall, like this is like, juvie in a sense juvie like i don't even know like it's like they call it a therapeutic boarding school bro no like that was like juvie like worse than the military like i was telling my friend about it while her roommate was like right there and he was in the military and he's like bro what and i'm like yeah this shit is fucking whack that they had us do and like that the way they treated us they had elementary they had an elementary school track too and i'm just like those kids are bro like i'm fucked and i was 17 like it was bad it was bad a lot of horrible horrible shit happened there like the whole place was like locked so it was like anywhere you had to go was like locked we had like 15 minutes to take showers and it began the second your foot stepped into the bathroom so basically that included you know getting undressed 
taking your fucking shower, getting like dressed and, you know, brushing your teeth, doing all that because that was your only time in the bathroom. Like you weren't going to be able to brush your teeth again at night after that. So if we didn't do it in 15 minutes, we were in trouble and we got a refocus, which a refocus was basically um, like I think once or twice a week they held refocus group where you would sit in a classroom and you wouldn't speak for hours. They would bring you your dinner there. So it would be after group, after group, which is after school. You would sit there and you'd have your dinner there. They would call you to take your shower and you'd go right back. So they'd give you different assignments based on what your thing was. So like I was on the phone longer than 15 minutes, which was also our phone time. And I got an assignment for entitlement. Like they said that I was, I felt like I was entitled to speak on the phone longer than 15 minutes with my parents. When depending on the level, 15 minutes was also probably was all you got in the week. Like the max was like three phone calls a week. And I would say I was at the level of like two phone calls for like pretty much the whole time. It was the only assignment I had to do, but I had to stay there the entire time. In between that time, you had to do homework or whatever. But like if you didn't have any homework, there was nothing to do. You couldn't bring a book. You couldn't just, you know, you couldn't bring any of your personal things. So they also had like an acute unit, like we had different cottages and there was an acute one. So like when you first got there, you went there and then also went there if you got in trouble. And obviously I got in trouble a lot because I was hurting myself a lot, duh. So I went there and like when you're there, like they give you yellow or green sweats and crew necks. The pockets are cut out of the sweats. Um, they give you like this sports bra that's not even a sports bra. So it's like, why do they give you that? I think they just give it to you because like legally they probably have to, but it's not anything. That's what you wear the whole time. They basically just give you your toothbrush and your, and these are boxes of like your toiletries. You don't get these whenever the hell you want. Like these are specific times. There we sat either on a couch or at a desk. And that place, it was all day. So you woke up and you sat there you went straight to where you were sitting like you wake up you had to be in your spot within the next like five minutes you sat at this desk all day long not speaking if you needed to get up you needed to raise your hand and you needed if you wanted to speak you needed to raise your hand and there's no reason to speak like you could say you wanted to say something they don't give a fuck you're just sitting there all day and again like i was talking the whole time because i don't i, I just also, at some point, I just didn't care and I knew I was going to be there because, like, there's a system on how you can get out. And it's like, if you're at a certain level, like, you're not getting out for at least a week. So it's like, if I know that I'm there for a week, like, I don't give a fuck if I'm talking. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to talk. And, like, it was like, after a certain point, like, some of the staff were just like, be like, whatever about it. Like, we don't care. And they'd talk to me back. Basically, you're not talking all day. <laughs> you get to go outside 30 minutes for each shift. So that's an hour a day. And you can't. That's the only time you can speak to other people, but you can only speak to other people that are with you. The other other cottages, if they were walking by and any of them spoke to you at all, they literally were sent to where you were. Like, they were not allowed to. So it was like, you could see your friends, like, they would not be allowed to interact with you in any way. Anyway, the bathroom breaks were every two hours. So if you didn't have to go to the bathroom within that, like, little bathroom break moment, you were screwed to the next two hours. And then also we were only allowed to bring two personal items. So I usually brought like my stuffed animal and like, I don't know, I think three because I would bring my stuffed animal and my deck of cards and a book. And that's what we had. And like our teachers would come and like bring us homework during the day. 
and then they had like a huge stack of textbooks but like no one could help you so if you were like there was a point where I was taking like pre-calc and I had a textbook like I have to learn pre-calc with a textbook and no calculator like I, that just doesn't make sense to me it doesn't your food would be brought there and like they give you it on like this paper spoon which I also figured out how to self-harm with which is like how I don't know but I did I was just too smart for my own good back then like I was just very innovative there was like a time where like this this morning shift leader who was like ass like his name was Phil everyone fucking hated Phil it's just a stupid name too but um, um he like picked up a shift at night and so like he wasn't he was just a normal human being at night like he was not a shift leader like the night shift leader was there and my therapist had created this standing order Standing order means, like, it's stuck in order. Like, no one can change it. Like, your therapist has literally written it down. Like, it applies in all contexts. So, I had did whatever I was supposed to do to earn that standing order. He was like, no, I'm not giving it to you. And I was like, what? You have to. Like, that's the point of a standing order is you can't. You can't just not. You have to. And he was like, no. And so, I was, like, screaming at him, right? Because I'm, like, like across the hall. So, I'm not, like, in his face or anything. I'm like, you have to give it to me. Like, you can't just sit here and act like you can't. Like, also, you're not the shift leader right now. So you have no power, even if you wanted to try and, like, deny it. You can't. And so he was like, well, you need to go into the, op like, what do they call it? Like, ops room or, like, seclusion room? I don't even remember what they called it. Like, it just had a drain and, like, a camera in there and, like, light blue walls. And the door could be locked. So he was like, you need to go in there and calm down. And I'm like, no, I didn't do anything to go in there like I'm yelling at you because you are not giving me what you're supposed to give me and so he was like you need to go in there and I'm like or what like or what Phil what are you gonna do about it and he was like oh well we'll call a dial nine and we'll have them we'll force you in there we'll restrain you in there I'm like okay whatever like whatever it doesn't fucking matter let me go in there for 15 minutes calm the fuck down so like the other shift leader comes because they have to come to, to check so she comes and I tell her the fucking story and she's like, all right, just chill for 15 minutes. Next time they come in to check, you can leave. All right, just chilling, sitting on this cold ass ground in this cold ass room, like with a drain, just chilling. He comes in, whatever. And I'm like, all right, 15 minutes, let me go. And he's like, no. And I'm like, no, I'm, I've been sitting here silent for 15 minutes. Jess just told me I can leave in 15 minutes. I'm leaving now. He was like, oh no, you're going to be in here for the full two hours. And I'm like, fuck no, I'm not. For yelling at you, for not giving me what I'm supposed to have. I'm not sitting in here for two hours. And this was late at night too. So like, this was like right before we used to go to bed. So like, I would have had to stay in here beyond going to bed for two hours. Like literally locked in here. And like, they would just check on me like every 15 minutes by opening the door for two seconds. I try and leave the, the room and he like blocks me. And like, I don't even know what happened because I blacked out. <laughs> But I blacked out and like somehow I woke up restrained with blood on my arm like blood on my shirt like that's what I remember is trying to leave and next thing you know I'm like restrained on the ground with like his blood and I'm like screaming like I'm sorry I'm sorry I'm sorry like that that is what I remember um turns out he needed stitches and I hit his forehead should have let me leave <laughs> um no violence is never the answer
but then I left that place like after that happened like obviously it took a while for me to leave after that but once I left everyone was like oh my god you beat up Phil you beat up Phil good job for beating up Phil and like some of the staff would be like we saw the video good job and I'm like hey I beat up Phil no one fucking liked Phil because Phil was one of those type A's that like every single rule had to be followed to the exact T except then that doesn't also make sense why he didn't follow my standing order whatever but that's like that's the kind of shit we had to go through like he was really about to lock me in there for two hours for basically standing up for myself and he wasn't even supposed to be working like he was supposed to be in the morning like everyone was like go back to the morning feel like you're not even supposed to be here that's just some things where like they would isolate you and then also like like you're stuck in your thoughts all day when you can't speak to anyone and when all you have is like one book a deck of cards or like your stuffed animal or like whatever people decided to choose all day all day and you can't get up from this desk like you can't do any of this shit like this shit was crazy they were locking in that room for two hours because i was yelling at this man and that's genuinely what happened. Like, I wish I was, like, t taking out part of the story. Like, that I, like, threatened him or, like, anything like that. Because that would make the situation better. But, like, it really wasn't. Like, I was yelling at him from across the hall. So, that's just some of the stuff I have to work on. And the trauma. And, like, there's seven months of that shit. It is what it is. But I have a lot of shit to work on. And it feels overwhelming. I think that's where I'm going to end this podcast. I no longer have the urge to self-harm, so that's cool. And I just have this page of random scribbles. The next episode of the podcast is going to have another guest, uh, Jack. I hope you guys liked the last podcast with Whitney. Really appreciated her story. It's exciting to have different guests on the show, different point of views. I think this podcast honestly has been really helpful for me. I've kind of like, it really kind of has been like my own like little therapy, little moment. Like just right now, like when I'm like, wanted to self-harm and I'm like, no, just fucking get on, start recording. Like you needed to make a podcast anyway to start recording one. And like that one about crying pains, I was like literally in the middle of a mental breakdown and like just started crying. I'm grateful that it's been like helpful for other people as well because you just crying on the internet for no reason would just be kind of sad. I will see you in the next episode and in the meantime be you, stay cool, and peace.